This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 439. And the quote of the day is, you will never influence the world by being just like it. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on? This is Nick Ruffini, and this is Drummer's Resource, where we talk to the greatest drummers in the world and get their perspective on music, on creativity, on life, and of course, on drumming approaches, all that different stuff. And if this is your first time tuning in, thanks for being here. I do appreciate it. And if you've been listening for a while, you know, thanks for being here too. This would be nothing without you, the audience. So I appreciate you being here. I also appreciate the ratings and reviews that, that people have been, have been, uh, leaving on iTunes. So if you haven't already do me a favor and just leave a rating or a review on iTunes, it takes about a minute and it's just, it just helps the podcast. It lets people know, uh, that this is a good show to listen to. And also it gives me some feedback. It lets me know what people are digging, what they're not digging. So you can do that easily. Just head over to iTunes and just click write a review. I think it is or leave a review or something like that but it's super simple uh so let's get into this conversation this is with alan evans and i've been following alan evans career for i don't know 15 or 20 years i'm a big soul live fan i actually played with soul live uh not played with them but we opened for them uh, a while back in my hometown in westchester pennsylvania and He's now gone on to be a producer. He plays in a bunch of different projects, always has something cool going on. And as we talk about in this in this conversation, he makes the transition from not touring as much and he's doing a lot more studio stuff as, as a producer and recording drum tracks and things like that. So just a really great conversation about sort of becoming yourself, developing your own sound and a pivotal part in his career where he decided that he was just going to be himself and not try to be like everyone else or not try to compare himself to other people. So some valuable lessons in here for sure. So let's get into it with Alan Evans. Alan, what's happening, my man? I appreciate you being here. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's like to be here. Uh, not, oh, I'm psyched to have you. I was going to say not necessarily for you, but for me, this has been, this has been a long time coming, man. I've been, I've been listening to you, uh, you know, I've been listening to your bands and got into soul live, I don't know, 15 years ago or 18 years ago or something like that. Oh, so wow. I've been listen, I mean, I've been li- like all through college and everything, uh, listen to soul live. And like we were talking about off air played, got to, got to play a show with you guys and stuff was actually, actually I just, now that I'm thinking about it was actually, uh, playing along some, some soul live stuff last night. So, uh, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely <laughs> great to have you here. Yeah. I was, I was going through, uh, through the next record and, uh, I don't know. It's just a, you know, it's a, it's a great record doing stuff too. I was, I, I was working through both of them. So, uh, always oh, great thanks, too. man. Always, always great tunes to work through, man, and uh, definitely um, inspired me to get into that that uh, that organ music, and that led me down the road of, you know, Jack McDuff and Jimmy Smith and 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 Grant Green and all that kind of stuff. So, so I appreciate nice, you man. <laughs> all right, on, man. I'm, I'm glad I you uh, checked all that out. That's awesome. So, talk to me a little bit about about how you got into this how did you i mean so you're originally from woodstock right and i know like your brother neil plays as well mm-hmm. was it was it a musical um, household actually, 
Yeah, I mean, actually, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I've, I've lived, I lived in, um, in and around Woodstock a couple of times in my life. But um, yeah, originally from Buffalo, New York, um, and definitely grew up in a, a musical household for sure. Um, listened to music um, all the time. I mean, music, <clears throat> music was playing all the time in the house. And, um, and yeah, obviously just played a lot of music in the house and elsewhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just been a part of my, it's a part of my, you know, it's just my DNA really. Were your parents musicians too? Well, um, my, my mother was not, but, um, well, let's see, let's, I can run it down. So my father played drums and that's kind of where I, uh, picked picked it up initially but he wasn't a professional drummer but mm-hmm. um i mean to be to be honest he easily could have been i mean he was he was really good and uh, but a couple of his brothers were professional musicians and then my mother's um father my grandfather who passed away long before i was born was actually a drummer as well um he played he was a professional polka drummer so, um, so yeah, so I, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. My, my, um, I mean, I started playing drums. Uh, well, my mom says I started playing drums when I was about nine months old. Wow. So I, I, I literally have no, I have no recollection of, of like starting or, I mean, it's just like, um, for me, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you look at your hand or whatever, Mm-hmm. It's it's just always been there, right? And it's the same thing with, with with playing with music. It's just it's always been there. It wasn't like you know you hear people oh I, I was like you know I went to this music store where I saw some show and then I got I also I wanted to play music. It was never like that for me. I just it's just it's just part it's of what just like did. talking. Yeah, yeah. It's just who I am. It's funny growing up in those in those types of environment. I have a bit of a different situation where like I grew up in the restaurant business and my and grew up in business in general and and I'm sure that you get this too that like you have this music acumen sort of your whole entire life and you don't under like for me I never really understood like why people didn't have this business acumen but then I was like oh cuz I grew up in it and I've always had it my entire life. Do you did you ever run into situations like that where you're thinking like yeah, this is sort of like common sense music stuff. And then you realize, oh, I've been doing this since I was nine months old. That's probably why I understand this. And it makes so much more sense to me. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I know there's been time. I mean, luckily, most of my life, you know, I've been playing music with Neil. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been very few few times where we, we haven't been playing together. But I have been in, in situations, and I, especially when, when I was younger, um, where um i would definitely i would be frustrated with people who i was playing with because they they weren't necessarily getting they i guess you know i i don't want to sound like egotistical or anything but it just weren't on the same i'm i'm my on my level you know what i mean right. And, right. and 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 i guess that and so that just became that that could be become frustrating um and especially um not being able for me really not being able to communicate exactly what I was um, hearing or not hearing from people mm-hmm. because um, 
or not hearing from them or what, you know. So yeah, I guess, you know, as I got older and, you know, and uh, playing with uh, and hanging out with people who are, you know, of a, who are kind of like more like me, I guess, you know, on, on that sure. level, then, then you don't have to worry about that as much, you know, but sure, right. for sure. When I was younger, it was, it was a, a little different. And how do you think that, that people need, or how do you think that people can get a, around people who are operating at a higher level? Cause I, you know, I get this a lot that where people email me and they're like, Oh, I'm trying to get around better players or the people I play with aren't as good as me or whatever it is. And I've always been under the impression that you like, for me, I always wanted to be the worst guy in the band. It was like, I want to, I want to raise to their level, not go down to, to other people's level. So is there, is there advice that you have for getting, let's call it in the room with, with better players or people who are going to push you or people who are going to pull you up to their level? Mm, wow, that's a that's a really good question. Man. I mean, I you know I think maybe part of it or, or is is just being um, being around. Um, you know, making yourself available. You know, like um, going to meet and uh, talk to people who are. I guess better than whatever that means. I don't even know what that really means <laughs> right. anymore. Someone who's better than you. Cause to me, there is no better. We're just, everyone's different, you right. know? But with that said, I mean, if, if you want to, if there's somebody you're like, Oh, there's a, a certain guitarist or a or, or bassist or whatever that's playing in a style or playing with a certain uh, kind of emotion that you feel is lacking in your life, then I I would suggest go and and be around those people, talk to them, and I mean you know I mean that's the make yourself known. Mm-hmm. Will that always work out? Probably not. But right. um, but I think the people who are are um, consistently doing things like that probably you know it's just you know just being. Not giving up, I guess. Right. Um, that's like the most important thing. So sure. um, that's, a, I guess, the only advice I could probably offer. That, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I think that one recurring theme that I see in people who have excelled, and I hate using, like you hate using the word better. I hate using the word like successful or mated or whatever. But people yeah. who have excelled and and are playing with sort of the top tier players. What I've noticed is there's been that not give up attitude. There's been the, I'm going to go out and I'm going to meet people and I'm going to do what I got to do to get around the right people. I'm going to hire the right people, whatever it is, I'm going to put myself in the best position to quote unquote succeed. And I, the, what I see with the people who, can't get to that level is they sort of sit home on the couch and wonder why the phone's not ringing. Well, exactly. They're not going out to get it. Without a doubt. I mean, no, exactly. I mean, but you know, but as you know, I mean, you, you, you were talking about how, you know, you grew up in, you know, in, uh, around business, you know, and it's the same there. I mean, that's just life, you know, like you Mm -hmm. can't just sit around and expect things to happen for you. You know, like you have to go out and make things happen. You know, and a lot of that is confidence, you know, and um, and I, I guess I've never had a, a, a lack of confidence, I guess, you know, probably I mean, like, I've done some really <laughs> funny, funny and 
stupid things because of it but whatever you know like <laughs> is there any particular um, I, I stories think, where you're I like think, oh that was that was a little that was bad <laughs> oh I, I don't know i don't know about bad well yeah well there's okay so so a long time ago in buffalo new york i was in this band we were called the groove Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I was, I must have been at the time fifteen or sixteen. I don't remember that exactly, but I do remember we were opening up for um, Maceo Parker. Nice. And and this was like right when um, what was the album called? Like Life on Planet Groove. And like I remember, and you know, I had like everyone. Uh, what was the tune? Shake everything you got was on yeah. it. You know, Kenwood Denard was the, dr- the drummer on on the mm-hmm. album. And so anyway, so we get to the show. We we get there, and and they were sound checking. Macy was up there sound checking. I'm like, yo, man, this who is this drummer? Because I was expecting to hear Kenwood Denard. Well, he wasn't on the gig. So it was this other drummer who I wasn't. I was. Mm, at the time, I wasn't familiar with, right? It's like, right. oh, man, I was kind of bummed out. So at some point during sound check and all this kind of stuff, I ended up talking because on the gig it was like Maceo, Pee Wee, Fred, you know, the, right. the, the, the whole cats. crew. Yeah. So, yeah, the cats. So I ended up talking with Pee Wee's son who was there. And so what, what the deal was is we were, we were going to um, open up the show and then Maceo was coming on, and then Maceo was going to play two sets. So in between Maceo's set, Pee Wee's son's band was going to play like a like a little in between set. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we get to talking. I'm like, yo, man, like you know, like I'm not really feeling this drummer too much. Blah blah blah. So so uh, Pee Wee's son's like, well, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was supposed to play with us, but you know would you would you want to play with us i'm like yeah cool whatever so we go on the tour bus i learned the tunes real quick and so we did our set maceo plays the first set and then i'm getting ready to go on again and i didn't really tell anyone like my parents were like in the crowd you know like right you know place is packed so all, next thing you know I'm, I'm out coming out again on stage to play with these cats so during so we're, we're grooving i'm like all right this is cool and then at one point his he, the peewee son's like okay well you know now uh here's you know fred my dad and maceo so they come out and so this is the first time i ever played with those cats obviously you know right like, oh man this is crazy so, so i remember i thought i was gonna do something really cool you know during during the set you know while maceo was up there and I laid something down, and I remember Maceo turned around and gave me this look like he was going to kill me. You know, like he, he was just like, you know, like, and I was like, whoa. It was just that, that you know, I tried something, and it was he wasn't feeling it, you know. And right, he was like, right. come on, young kid, you know, like, get get with it. You know, you're up He's here. like, not here, anyway, not made, today. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So whatever, I made made it through the set, and it was fine. And so, so there's two things so later on uh you know years later fred and i are talking and he totally like remembered that night you know what i mean so oh really was, hey which i, I guess it's kind of cool i guess i yeah. made i made some kind of impression so for sure <laughs> whatever <laughs> but the funny thing is is the drummer who was supposed to play with peewee's sons you know band mm-hmm. and who filled in for kenwood denard was melvin parker like 
the legendary uh. drummer, you know, like Maceo's <laughs> brother. But my my dumb butt like was like, oh man, this dude's not killing it because I was just like, oh, it's not Kenwood, and I didn't even like pay attention to like, oh, who it was, you know, because I was like so like out of the moment, you know, and like it was just stupid, you know, where I should have been like <laughs> appreciating like, what was I like, thinking? one of the yeah exactly exactly but you know but there there you go that was my like my super like young you know confidence i was just like oh man i'm gonna kill it harder than this dude so i just go up there and just like hijack the set and everything you know but <laughs> but you know whatever you, know. you live and you learn though right so yeah yeah exactly 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 I, the confidence exactly. thing is a is a funny thing because it's good to have it it's bad to have too much of it right and like i think that a lot of times the people who need, you know, the people who have too much of it probably shouldn't have it. And the people who need more of it are probably more deserving of it. If that, does that make any sense? Like, yeah, I guess I feel so. like the cats are overconfident I mean, I think, and you're like, nah, I agree. You shouldn't yeah, be that confident. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think that when you're younger, like to, to have that confidence or overconfidence isn't necessarily a bad thing. And, and like I said, of course, you're going to most people are going to do some or act or do some stupid things because of it. But again, that's part of the learning process and that's fine. Um, but I think at a certain point as you grow, as you grow and you're um, that kind of it's always good to be I, I think it's always good to be really confident in, in your playing and in yourself. But sometimes you know it's best to keep that to yourself mm-hmm. um and in a, and not come across as you know as such in in public or whatever you know there, again it's just context you know it's mm-hmm. like um but yeah i mean i you definitely you know in this business you meet a lot of people who you know they definitely uh, okay yeah you can chill out on all that you know right. you're, you're not all that you know so but whatever, right. you know, it, it, it that kind of, you know, the funny, that, that kind of stuff doesn't even bother me anymore, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, I just do my thing and, and whatever, it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gaining or, or losing any gigs because of it or, you know, I'm just, I'm just who I am right? and, and that's it. And I'm, yeah, that's all you can be. Right. I think it, and I think it takes yeah. us a long time to get to that point where we realize that. that we're like, well, it, exactly, exactly. The yeah. uh, well, and that's the thing. I mean, I think no, go ahead. You know, I think when you're when you're like younger and you're and a lot, and I think the, the people who I, I there's one thing I notice is that, that you know people come across with this overconfident, overzealous, just kind of ego tripping kind of thing. The 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 one thing I've noticed over the years is those are usually the people who don't have their own voice generally. You know, oh, so it's kind of like, you know, and, and they and they may like the I don't know, man, like the, the people that I, I, you know, luckily, most of the people I'm run, run with, you know, they're they have their own voices, you know, on, on their instrument and then just in life. And generally, those people are are they, they don't really come across as being um, egotistical or whatever. They're just because they're comfortable in their own skin. Mm-hmm. And I think when 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 you're not when you when you know that you you're you you sound like somebody else or whatever like you you 
I don't know. I, I, I notice that people don't aren't as comfortable in their own skin because it's not their own skin. You yeah. know, they're kind of following someone else's footsteps or whatever, you know, or, and, uh, and that's when those are, that, that's the kind of thing I know. Those are those personalities. I notice when that can be a, 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 not a problem, but I don't know. I just don't, I don't really, um, hang out with people like that. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, I want, I do want to ask you about, <laughs> you know. about your own voice. Uh, but I have a quick, I have a quick comment sort of question. The, the thing that I think about co- one last thing about confidence is that when you're younger, I think that you don't know what you don't know. And I know for me, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, I was like, I'm the, I'm the baddest drummer out there. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm the yeah. shit. And every like, and I'll sit in anywhere and I'll play in front of anybody. Cause I know I'm awesome. And then as you get older, you're like, Oh, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was because you start to learn more. But I think that having that sort of that, you know, naivete and, and, and like I think that allows you to put yourself out there a little bit more and put yourself in situations that as you get older you start to develop these sort of unfounded fears that and then you're you start to become like a little bit more reserved so I think that 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 sort of call it confidence call it uh a little like maybe you're a little conceited I think that helps you get out there a mm-hmm. little bit and and opens up the door for you to learn and then kind of dial it back a little bit and really get into honing your craft of course 100 percent agree yeah without a doubt i mean otherwise you just like sit sit at home and and just do nothing you know right. like you wouldn't i mean you, you have to you have to be like that you know sure. I, I mean and again that's uh that's in sports that's in music that's in all in all walks of life you know so mm-hmm. yeah yep so talking about developing your own voice one of the things that I think that's interesting about you is I, I believe that you have your own voice. So I'm interested to see who you were listening to come at. Cause I feel like you're sort of uh, like you have, you're a soul drummer, right? By the way, soul live, I've mm-hmm. said this for 15 years or maybe even longer than that, probably the best band name ever. And I'm mad that I didn't come up with it. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> like that's I've cool. always, that's I'm cool. like, that's a great band name. I'm like, man, I wish I would have came up with that anyway. Um, but I mean, you're a soul drummer, but you sound like a hip hop drummer, but you have, you're a rock drummer. And I feel like you've blended those three worlds together to develop your sound. And I don't, I feel like you don't really switch in between all of those. I feel like they're all in your playing all at the same time. And that's what gives you your voice. Um, so I'm interested, like, who were you listening to coming up? And did you consciously try to develop the, the sound that you have now? Mm, wow. That was, man. Okay. That's a, hmm. I don't know how much time we have, but um, <laughs> we got as much time I as mean, you want. <laughs> Okay, so this, yeah, man. Okay, so this is the deal. So when I was growing up, um, and uh, hmm, I mean, I listen to so much music coming up. It's it's kind of hard for me to. I don't really. Hmm, it's hard for me to pick any kind of favorites or what I was like really influenced by because I was influenced by everything. I mean, obviously, there's there was points in my life where I can say, oh, I listen to this a lot and this a lot. But that was like when I was younger, like in teenage years, or whatever. But okay, so this is this is kind of this is the best way to paint this picture of how I came to be as 
you know, where I am right now. So when I was really young, um, my father used to play all kinds of music, jazz, classical, you know, opera, rock, soul, just every R&B, all down the line. So Mm -hmm. one thing that would happen, and I've told this story before, but it's, it's, I I love the story, actually. So I'm going to tell it again. So in our house, there were, um, there was a room which was we would call the living room, and that's where the stereo was and all the records. Mm-hmm. Now, there was another room called which we uh, called the TV room, which is where we would just hang out and watch cartoons and television and whatever the news, whatever. And and then in another part of the house, so the the living room connected. Uh, was the in between between the tele- TV room and the rest of the, and there's the living room and then the rest of the house dining room kitchen blah blah blah. So my father would be sitting in there li- listening to music and Neil and I would want to go watch TV but we were always this is when we were really young maybe like four five six years old whatever mm-hmm. and we'd always have to think really hard like how badly did we want to watch television because he would stop us like. <laughs> as we were walking through and he'd say, Hey, who's that? Who's playing saxophone? Like who's playing, who's playing upright bass? Who's playing piano? And we're, this is when like, we're really young. And so we would go over and then he'd say, come on, come over here, sit down. And then we'd sit, be sitting there like, damn, we just wanted to go watch Spider-Man. But you know, like, <laughs> so, but the thing is like, see, he was like training us and we didn't even really know it. But so we, you know, be listening to, Oh, so that's, um, Oh, is you know, you say, oh, is that's uh, you know, Wayne Shorter, and he's like, no, no, you know, that's you know, that's John Coltrane, or what, and then this would go on, and this was just for years and years, and you know, obviously, like we began to appreciate the whole thing, but the thing is, we were listening to all these people and un- and getting to know their their voices, you know, their phrasing, the you know, their their tone, their entire sound, so um. So growing up, I mean, that was like a huge part of, you know, appreciating, learning to appreciate not only just like, a, a you know, a single person, but how or a single uh, musician or artist, but how they how the whole group worked together. You know what I mean? And then an appreciation for the for the songs themselves, you know, like mm-hmm. we get to know the actual the tunes. So, um, I mean, of course, like. Growing up, I I listened to you know, I, I hmm, how should I say this? I, I I'm not a, a, a dr- I never considered myself like a drummer. I played drums, mm-hmm. you know, but I also like started playing guitar when I was like eleven. So that was just it was just it's just to me it's just like another instrument. So um, growing up, I didn't have like I'm, I I knew a few people who played drums, and they and back then it was all about you know people had like um magazines and then they would have like instructional videos you know like vhs things right, or whatever. Right. like i i was never into that i was never into that stuff at all it's just like mm-hmm. it didn't make any it's just i had better things to do you know <laughs> right. um so, um so anyway so the, the thing is is <clears throat> so so going moving forward like i always wanted to be the the type of musician it's just like when you call these like you drop the needle you drop the needle and you know within like a second of who that is 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's who I, that's I always aspired to be. Um, I mean, it's taken a long time, but I'm pretty, pretty confident that I, I you know, at some point I got, I got there and I'm, you're always like, Oh, it's honing, you know, your sound, you know, but, um, to me that that's the ultimate, you know what I mean? Like, you can yeah. drop the needle and like a, in a, a minute, you know, oh, that's Marvin Gaye singing or that's like or that's Coltrane or that's Miles or like or you could just go down. You could just go down the line, you know, oh, that's mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, you know, like, you know, immediately to me, that's that's the ultimate. You know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. I could care less like how many like, uh, I, you know, like 64th notes or whatever you could you know like whatever like i, I don't it. i i can i could care less man you know like it's the you know the again it's the, the people that speak to me the artists that speak to me are just like they have that that's that that voice and they're just you know it's just emotional and 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 thoughtful and 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 it's just that's what speaks to people and that's what music is about is yep. you know speaking to people you know, I'm bringing mm-hmm. people together. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's, that's the whole, kind of the, how I ended up who I am as a, as a artist or a musician, you know, right. just listening to a lot of, listening to a lot of really good music and, and, and really, you know, trying and being helped along the way to understand, understand the importance of, of, of it all. Mm-hmm. So, that rings true with, as you're saying this, I'm thinking in my own head, like it took me for, it took me a while to realize this. And what actually helped is, was doing the podcast that I realized that I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a drummer. Like, I just don't care about drummer stuff. I love music, yeah, yeah. you know? And I'm like, that's right. all exactly. that matters to me. And it just so happens that I, that I play drums, but like, this is no joke when <laughs> A couple, uh, two months ago, I had to get new heads on my kit and I had to look at the receipt to see mm-hmm. what size my drums were. Like, yeah, that's dude, how much I, of a non gear dude I, you know what I mean? And I'm like, but I, I, yeah. I'm like, I love music. That's, that's all that, that's all that really mm-hmm. matters to me. Um, so, and yeah. you saying this, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly, I mean, I feel the same, I feel the same exact way. And not that there's anything wrong with the other side of it too. Like, if you're a huge gear head and, and, you know, you, Oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff too. Yeah, I mean, if that's your thing, that's that's totally cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, right. It, I guess you know, I you know when I so at one point I was living in in um, Brooklyn in the early '90s, and um, a friend of mine from Buffalo, he's he's a engineer. He was he was doing um, he was running front house for uh, Michael and Randy Brecker when they were mm-hmm. doing the Return of the Brecker Brothers and so they he called he called us up he said hey man i'm in new york we're rehearsing for some shows you come by the you know come by the rehearsal spot so all right cool so we go over there and like uh mike stern was playing guitar nice. james genius was playing bass dennis chambers was playing drums and so we were hanging out it was, it was a good time and then we go to the show the next night uh at the bottom line and like dennis like completely messed me up man like, so I remember like going home that night and I didn't play drums for like a couple of days because like, it was just, like, man, it, like he messed me up so hard. I was like, I, I was thinking about like, just quitting, you know, really? just quitting. And then, I, oh yeah, dude. Cause it, dude, I mean, he put on a 
clinic, dude. I mean, it was just ridiculous. It was so ridiculous, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was like uh, 18 at the time, you know, and, it, you know, so then, I don't know, a couple days later, something happened and I, I don't know why, but it was like a voice or something that came in my head. And it was just, and it just, all, all I remember hearing and feeling was just like, man, there's room for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And once I like, I was like, oh yeah, right. And then I just like, and then I was fine after that. I was actually better than fine after that. Like, I think that was like a very pivotal moment for me, you know, because right. at that point, it was literally at that point where I, I, I kind of found the path to my voice. I hadn't found it exactly yet, but that was I, I, I found the path to it, and it didn't take long, very long after that though. But, really? Because um, I was just yeah, man. I was just like, okay, yeah, Dennis is up there doing all this crazy ninja stuff, <laughs> right? But yeah, I just saw him know, with like, Victor Wooten that, but, a couple months ago, and I was like, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I'm out man, of here. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know, but but I was kind of like, well, why am I going to let this dude ruin my fun? You know what I mean? Like, why am I going to why am I going to stop playing music? And then but then what am I going to do? Like, nah. I mean, I was having fun before I went to go see this cat, you know, so I'm going to continue to do so. And and I just and I'm I just felt good about it afterwards. Yeah. And um, yeah, after that, man, it was it was just on and popping. You know, so I'm yeah. sure that this is gonna again be a hard, you know, a hard question. To, sorry, I keep it. I think there's like a little bit of delay in our in our uh, in our Skype. That's why. I, so I apologize. I keep interrupting you. Um, I just a question. And this may be hard for you to answer. Um, but you said it put you on the path to starting to, to find your own sound. It didn't take you long after that to find your own sound. What does that look like? Like, what does that process look like if we can? unpack that a little bit because i think that's such an important thing to do and i think it's such an intangible and it's really a hard thing to do and it may even mm. be a hard question to answer okay to. well not not i don't know man well I'll, I'll i'll do my best i mean um okay after that point before that i was always i, I listened to a lot of, you know i was listening to a lot of music i was listening to a lot of drummers and and i was always I wouldn't say I was worried about playing things correctly or, you know, you listen to a record. It's like, Oh, what is that guy doing? I want to, I'm going to really try and get that, you know, get that right. Or being on stage. And I was, I got to a point where I was thinking a lot about stuff, you know, like playing things correctly or like, how is this? And I got after, again, after that seeing Dennis play and just kind of, hearing that like oh there's room for everyone i stopped caring about all of that i literally just stopped caring i was like you know what i'm gonna play whatever feels good to me and i could care less if anybody likes it or not you know so Mm -hmm. i just started developing these like grooves and like these little fills that i mean i still do i mean i i I guess i guess that's what you call them like fills or whatever um but just things that i do that just I do all the time, you know, and I literally don't hear a lot of drummers do, doing stuff like that, you know. What I mean, like, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what it. That's where it started, 
But I mean, it literally, man, it was just like I got to a point where I just I could care less what anybody thought of my playing. Like it just made me feel good. And um, and I wasn't concerned about sounding like anybody else. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, and that's I really I, I think that's again, I was just listening to my to my the, I guess the inner voice, you know, whatever made me feel good while I was playing um, however, I wa- wanted to interpret a song. I was going to do it. I was going to let anybody tell me otherwise. Right. And and I, yeah, I mean that's that's where it started, and it's, and it hasn't stopped since. You know, it's a um, hard thing to do. Yeah. I I think anyway to sort of open yourself up to that and just and just sort of surrender to yourself, if that makes any sense, and just say, hey, mm-hmm. look, this is yeah, well, this is like what I do. This is how I sound. This is. This is what what I really dig. Like you know, I'll watch something on YouTube of a guy playing these thirty second notes with his feet and like throwing a stick around his back and all that. Right. And I'm like, first of all, it doesn't really do anything to me. If that's your thing, that's cool. But second of all, like I'm never going to be able to do that because it doesn't do anything for me. So I'm not willing to spend hours and hours in the shed to figure that out. I'd rather figure out like you know how to play like kissing my love or something like that. Right. And right. Right, 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 exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, man. Well, I mean, the thing is, and especially now, there's like, there's, it's, it's kind of funny, man. We're in a, we live in a great time where you can, you know, you can just open up YouTube and or whatever, and you can find anything. You you can find anything you want, you know, like any kind of technique or style of playing or whatever. So, but with that said, there's, you know, there's this a lot of pressure. I feel uh, to to do that to learn. You know, there's a lot of pressure to learn all these things, and that's I mean that's fine. You know, I mean if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're needing, that's cool. But I don't I think there's not an I don't think there's an enough um, emphasis placed on just being yourself and not worrying like and not worrying about all that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean I remember when I was like in high school, I didn't go to college. Um, but I remember at the end, towards the end of high school, you know, where, where I went to school, you know, everyone just, every, basically everyone went to college. That was the thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I was like, Oh, a couple of friends of mine were going to music school. And I remember thinking, well, well at that point when I was like, you know, like late teens, I mean, I was gigging all the time. I was like leaving town, you know, going off on the road to play and then making it back most of the time in time for to for monday morning to get back into school you know <laughs> sometimes but um but dude yeah sometimes but man yo dude i was like making really good bread back then right so i'd say okay so all my friends are, are gonna go to go off to school you know and, and some of them were going to music school and a couple of them i remember going for music performance so i remember like kind of checking that out i was like wait a minute so you're telling me I, I'm going to go to some school for music performance. Like they're going to, and I just, I was breaking it down to its like very basic, you know, definition, I guess, you know, at least I, the way I saw it in my mind. It's like, wait, so I'm going to pay a school to teach me how to perform when I'm already getting paid to perform. Didn't make any right. sense to me, you know? So, um, <laughs> And I was like, well, music education, you want to go to, to off to school to learn how to be a teacher. Well, that made sense to me, you know, like, right, 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 but right. why I, 
to back back then i just didn't get it i didn't it didn't make any sense to me so i moved to new york city and just and continued and whatever here i am right now obviously that was like again some of that young you know kind of naivete confidence you know i mean there's definitely some things i probably could have learned quicker perhaps but i'd probably i may not be sitting here talking to you right now if i had Mm -hmm. done that you know so i think it worked out you know but anyway the point is is like i think there's just a lot of these days now there's just I don't know if there's a lot of pressure, but there's a lot of there's just a lot of information out there, and people feel the need to have to learn all of it. You know, I mean, and I and I find this on the on this other side because I'm a you know a studio engineer producer, you know, studio owner. And it's the same thing on that end. You know, it's like you can find a million YouTube videos or tutorials on like where to place a microphone on such and such. And this is how so-and-so did it. And this is how so-and-so did it. So, And so this is the way you should do it if you want like this result or whatever. Or, you know, like this is how you – this is the kind of drum you should play or this is, you know, like, wow, man. Like it's just it's too much information and like – I, again, I feel like uh, there's not enough people just throwing all that to you know to the side and just focusing on what they hear in their head, what they want to do. Obviously, obviously, there's you know fundamentals. Fundamentals are you know there's a lot of good things to learn and practice. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I, I, at a certain point, I, I feel like you have to trust yourself that you you know you find your own path. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's hard, man. You know, I think that, like you said, there's so much information out there. And part of it, I, I think, is like a little bit of fear of failure. Like, what if I pick the wrong thing? You know what I mean? Like, what if I, what if I pick the wrong thing to focus on or, or to be good at or, or whatever it is? But I agree with you that if you just do what speaks to you, what speaks to your heart, what speaks to your creativity, and just be really good at that. And that's cool. And exactly. people will hire you to do your thing that you do well. And, right. you know, that's it. Exactly. Right. I mean, so with that said, like, how can you pick? The, I mean, if I guess you can pick the wrong thing if you if the intentions are wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but I mean, I, I, I really think that if you if, if you seek out something that, that just really speaks to you, then then you're going to be all right. I mean, you're doing the right thing. I really, I really think so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I, I guess, you know, it's, maybe if you feel like you, if you grew up in Nashville and, uh, and everyone else around you is, you know, playing, you know, and this isn't the case. I'm definitely generalizing here, but you know, it could be said like, Oh, well, uh, well, everyone around me, everyone I know is, you know, you know, you know, a country, you know, like country guitarist or whatever, but I really want to, you know, go another direction. Well, maybe, maybe there's some pressure there. Maybe you feel like you're not choosing the right thing because it's a, you know, whatever it is around you is a popular thing. But again, I don't know. I, I, it's, I, I think we, we all, the, the good thing, we've all seen enough history, we've seen enough documentaries, we've listened to enough people and, and, and music to, you can see that the, the people that, you know, who, if you want to quote unquote, make it, whatever that means, you know, 
the individuals, you know, who, you know, again, coming back to their voices, most times they were, again, they were just following their hearts. You know, they're following exactly, you know, it, it, it takes a while. But again, man, I, I don't know. I just think people who, who, who do that usually end up a lot happier. <laughs> right. And the people around them are happier because of it. So mm-hmm. it's like the guy yeah. who ends up a yeah. doctor because their parents wanted him to be and you know, they really wanted to be a architect or whatever, you know, something or something different. Yeah, exactly. like, oh man, you know, it's that external pressure. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And again, like I think there's just a lot more of it these days because of access to information there's so much information out there and so many people telling you oh well you need to buy this or you need to learn this and blah 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 you know i mean it's a there is a lot of um external you know pressures out there to to be somebody that maybe you you don't feel like being Mm -hmm. maybe you're not at all yeah yeah stuff it's tough, but you know, yeah. You know, I always tell people, man, just listen, listen to your, you know, just listen to yourself, you know, you know, listen to the voice inside your head or whatever, you know. Yep. So. I always think about the things that we do that we do naturally when we're sort of subconsciously doing it. Like when you walk into the practice room, whatever you naturally start playing or start working on, or what songs you start playing along with, or whatever, it's like that's probably the stuff that you really enjoy. No one goes in and it's like, let me work on this thing that I absolutely hate as soon as I sit down at the at the drums. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Man. I, I, there's one thing I've, I've over the years, I remember, especially when I was younger, but I still see it, man. Like, you run into, if we're speaking specifically of drummers right now, but it could be any any instrument, but we'll speak on drummers. Like, these cats are, oh, man, well, you know, I'm I'm learning all the, these uh, these Latin grooves or whatever. It's like, okay, that's cool. And you play them kind of, like, decently, but uh well first of all that latin group doesn't really fit in this funk tune that you're trying to record or whatever you know but <laughs> right. cool you learn you learn some like half-assed like latin groove that you can like slip into your live show the show that you're like you know um you know you're a well-versed musician but it's out of context and you're not playing it very well you know so who cares, you know, like, right. <laughs> like right. I'd rather just hear like, you know, just, man, just play some four on the floor and, and kill it, you know? Yeah. Make it feel good. And we'll be, we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, but I don't know. That's, that's just kind of my trip, you know? So yeah, whatever. No, I get it. There's a lot of, I talk about it a lot on the podcast. There's a lot of sort of like copying and pasting going on, you know, where it's like, Oh, I copied this thing from somewhere and I'm going to paste it into this tune. And it's like, well, it doesn't really work there. So don't exactly. Put I'm sure by now you've seen all these cryptic messages from Mapex on their Instagram page about a breakthrough in versatility and sound isolation and resonance control. Well, let me tell you, I did some digging and I found out not too much, but I found out a little bit. I had a conversation with them because they're advertisers on the podcast and they literally put me on hold on the call so they wouldn't release certain information. But here's what they told me. They said, Nick, this is a new concept in drum building. It's a revolution in sound production. We're introducing six or seven groundbreaking ideas when it comes to drum building. I was blown away by that, but that's all I got. 
That's all I know. Don't hit me up. I don't know anymore. I told him not to tell me anymore. That's all I know. But the good thing is you can follow along. You can join in on the conversation. Head over to Instagram. Go to Mapex's Instagram account or just search the hashtag built from the sound up. I cannot wait to see what is coming down the line here in the fall from Mapex. Check it out. Built from the sound up. Hey, if you're a hard hitter and you're looking for a drumstick that is going to hold up, then you should check out Promark's new Firegrain drumsticks. They utilize a revolutionary heat tempering process that transforms ordinary hickory drumsticks into precision tools with unprecedented durability. They keep their original weight and balance and feel, so these sticks allow drummers to hit harder and play longer naturally with no excess vibration. There's no Space Age gimmicks or anything like that. Just natural hickory hardened by flame. The best part is they're available in classic, forward balance, and select balance across a wide variety of sizes. Check them out by going to promark.com. Let's get back to it with Alan Evans. So talk to me about how, how you got into the production side and recording side of things. Was that, a, was that a natural progression for you or was that something that you really wanted to, to focus on? Mm, well, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a, a natural progression. Um, I remember, how did that all start? I mean, I started like really kind of recording, you know, my own bands and and things like other bands, I guess, when I was pretty young. I might have been about thir- 12 or 13 or something like that. And somewhere around there. And I really got the bug when um, my old band we we um, we we were in the studio, um, and I remember like talking with the engineer. I think we I can't remember if we, this was the time we won like a battle of the bands or something in Buffalo and won some like studio time. But it was like you know like the graveyard shift. You know it was like you come in at like. 11 p.m. and we like recorded until like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or something like that but i remember the engineer i had like all these questions about you know all you know and ideas of you know suggestions and he was totally shutting me down you know and i'm just like kind of like looking around like oh dude i could do this you know like i don't need you so that's kind of how where it all started you know again kind of like that that confidence thing but I mean, before that, it, it kind of came from my interest in it came from album covers, I guess, really. I remember like sitting there listening to all these albums from my father, you know, I remember for sure the piqued my interest was seeing it was like um, it was a Coltrane album. And they were there were some photos in the in the sleeve of them at Rudy Van Gelder's um spot in inglewood you know new jersey and that's where like a a majority of the classic jazz records were recorded you know i mean Mm -hmm. ruby van geller is just a you know uh, i mean he's just uh icon you know Mm -hmm. so anyway so i just always remember seeing seeing like all the the and, and i would look for different album covers i'd look to see like oh where was where was it recorded and i'd love looking at all the microphones and all the gear and stuff like that so i just um yeah just started you know kind of cobbing together recording gear when i, when I was young and kind of never stopped i've just been doing it ever since you know mm-hmm. and to me it was just like it was just like um just how I approached playing drums or guitar. I just like taught myself how to do it, you know, 
you know, right. just would. And back then it was like, it was like a lot harder to do that. Cause you know, you'd have to just like read manuals and things like that, you know, but I would borrow <laughs> gear from people and buy my own and you just read them and, you know, figure out words that you didn't understand. And, you know, it's like, Oh, well, okay. Piece that together. And oh, okay. And you blow a lot of stuff up, you destroy gear and, you know, but it just kind of learned along the way. And then I had a, you know, as I got older, I had some really good experiences with some really great engineers who, you know, I, I learned a lot from saying, so, you know, just like listening and watching and, and being a part of different recording sessions. And, um, yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, it's pretty much like, that's what I'm, uh, for a while now, that's kind of my focus. I mean, I still play music, obviously. I'm or life spent in the studio. Making, Say that again. You're you know, you cut out there for a second. Right. Oh, the majority of my time is spent in the studio now, um, just making albums and records for other people. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. Man, I love I love being in the studio. Like I I know nothing about the technical side of it. So like they're like you know how do you want to do? I'm like I, I have no idea. I don't know. Hit record and I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but I love being I love the process of being in the studio and like I could I could totally be a studio rat. I just couldn't be the guy behind the board or setting anything up or anything like that. I'm, I'm like, can you make this thing sound less you know echoey? And they're like, oh yeah, I can do that for you. But I have no idea. You know, all the records <laughs> no, I recorded, no, I'm like, I, maybe I should have paid attention. <laughs> the funny thing is, I, I other thing that actually kind of really got me into it was that. You know, being the the drummer, a lot of times in the studio, it's like, okay, we're gonna lay the drum tracks down, and and luckily I was a decent enough drummer that I didn't have to take a, a million takes to do it. So then you're just sitting around while you know the guitarist is you know laying down like you know 50 guitar solos or you know, so right. It was just kind of you know I I felt like so at, at those at those at those times instead of kind of like checking out and being like oh well, i'm gonna go like you know go out and get something to eat or go give them the drink or whatever i'd hang out and learn i'd always pay attention um to what the engineer was doing uh, i'd ask questions when it was an appropriate time to do so but i'd pretty much just laid in the background um and just watched and learned and didn't get in the way mm-hmm. um and yeah, man. So that's I just that's kind of what got me really into it. Um, sure. And then I you know, kind of start helping out on our you know on recording sessions and just kind of work work my way up from there. So it's it kind of cool. Like it was kind of like an old school, especially back then. You know, when if you were hired as a an assistant or an intern or whatever, or like a lot of a lot of times it was like getting coffee or cleaning toilets and you'd work your way up to, you know, learning the patch bay and, you know, eventually you'd get around to like cutting tape and things like that and being Mm -hmm. a tape op, you know, operating tape machines and things like that. But I was lucky enough to be able to do that as a musician in the band just because I was interested in it. Um, So I kind of like, I I jumped ahead a few steps um yeah, and I was and being lucky enough to be around some really competent and really cool engineers and producers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
What are some and of the things I get I this I get this question a lot because people want to do do more studio work. What do you think is the mark of a good of a good session player or a good studio player? Doesn't have to necessarily be a drummer, but just and just players in general. Wow. Well, okay, so um there's definitely a I'd say a a a, a big difference between a, a good live player and a good studio player. And then obviously some can do both really well mm-hmm. but in terms of the s- studio um one is uh, hmm it it really helps to have someone who knows their instrument you know i mean that uh, you can get away with a lot of stuff live that you just can't get you know you can't get away with in the studio you're just underneath a microscope you know um uh one other thing is is just uh, a really having a really good attitude, you know, a, about being there, being open to um, ideas. You know, when you're in the studio, especially if you're working with a producer or you know, just or you're part of a band, like it's not about it's not about you. You know, like it's like it really helps to be open. Like, oh yeah, well, why don't you try? You know, like, well, you know, instead of you know this. You know, try this, you know, uh, this chord or whatever. Try this drum pattern or whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll try that out, you know, rather than being like, oh, no, man, that sucks. You know, this is right. this is how I've always done it. This is what I do, you know. Right. Um, that definitely helps. Um, and and uh, I mean, the, the people, there's some um, if you're quick in the studio, that it always helps. Um you know, getting things together, understand, like, again, just understanding your instrument, really knowing your instrument always helps, you know? Um, and there's just a, there's just a way of playing in this, in the studio. Um, I, I always know the cats who like aren't very experienced in the studio. They usually like play too loud. And it's like, like it's at like a live show or whatever, you know, it's like, well, you know, the, you have to let the studio and its gear do do some work as well. You know, you, I mean, especially right. with drummers. You know, it's kind of funny. Studio and you start bang like super loud because you have a big sound recorded, and then you listen back and you're like, "Well, it sounds so tiny." It's like, "Well, yeah," because you know you're playing so loud, like you just sucked all the air out of the room because you're compressing all the air, you know, from playing loud, so the microphones, you know, aren't able to capture a, a really big sound. You're projecting mm-hmm. a big sound in the room, but it's not capturing a big sound, you know? So it's kind of funny, you know, you listen to like, you know, like Zeppelin recordings or whatever, and you listen to Bonham, you're like, oh my God, it's the hugest sound ever. You know, it's like, you know, but if you really, you know, the, the cats who really know, like he's not playing that loud, really. Right. You know, his, it's the intent, what he is playing is like super heavy, but it's not playing loud. You know, it's kind of it's 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 um it's really funny. You think it's it's just the reverse of what you think you know would mm-hmm. work, but but again, you know, in terms of being a really good a good studio musician, un- knows and understands that, and you know, practices that every day. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it's a, there's definitely big like I said, things that work live. Uh, sometimes you know, um, a lot of times it's the reverse in the studio. You right. know, so. Right. And I would think, yeah. I mean, I've recorded a bunch of records with 
with my band, but never, <clears throat> you know, I haven't done like a ton of session work or, or anything like that. But, um, but I would imagine that you being on the other side of the glass all this time, if you have to go in and do something for someone, it's a lot easier for you. So I would suggest anyone out there, like if you want to be doing more studio stuff and doing more sessions, whether they're remote or in your own studio, or whatever, like start recording yourself, right? And start figuring that stuff out and learning so that way you have those skills down when you get hired. Without a doubt, man. So, you know, the one thing that people always say, you know, when when the question of the click track comes up in the studio and you can you, you see like certain drummers are start sweating. They're like, oh, really? You know, and I mean, I used to I wasn't the greatest at, you know, using the click track back in the day. But, you know, that's the one thing that I did when I started like one day. I don't know why, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to record to a click track just here, you know, just here at the house. You know, I had a little setup in the basement and I was just like, you know, I'm just going to do it. And I just did it all the time. It got a little bit ridiculous. But now I feel like confident I can play behind it, ahead of it, you know, on top of it, you know, like in the same tune, whatever the, you know, whatever it requires. And you know, I feel really good. This is because I did it all the time, you know, and that's and that's the truth, man. Like it's, you know, set up a couple of microphones or whatever and or, you know, just and sit down and, and record and experiment. That's like the best thing. It's like just take some time and experiment. Um, and, and you will get better at it. You know, there's yeah. no there's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah, once you can get that click to be your friend instead of your enemy, I think you're in good shape. Oh yeah, without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just funny. Like what yeah. Oh. I mean, I know the first time I played with a click, I was like, who the hell is that dude playing drums? <laughs> it's like this guy's yeah, horrible. Exactly. Oh, I <laughs> know. Definitely oh, fire I, this guy. <laughs> oh man. I know. I I remember back in the day, the first time I had to play to a click track in the studio. Oh, it was, it was horrible, man. It was so, it was so horrible. It was yeah. so horrible. And you know, and and you know, and again, I was like young too, you know. So I was just like, I you know, I was just coming across as like, I wasn't being too cool about it, you know. Like, and uh, yeah. Whatever you live and learn, you know. Yes, you do. Live and learn. Did you guys record the, yeah. the Solai stuff to a click? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, definitely not the early stuff. Yeah, right. not the early stuff. But I, I know probably the, the first. Let's see what came first, next or breakout. Next, that was probably the first record that we uh, used a click track on, mm-hmm. um, and maybe some on breakout. And then probably not after that. So only like a couple of them, you know, that I can remember. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just kind of, it just depends on, on, on what you're trying to accomplish in the studio, you know, kind of, what kind of album it is. Like, you know, um, I, lately I've been really into not using one at all. I just go in the studio and, um, especially when I'm just by myself, uh, I just kind of go in there for a while i was on this uh tear i'd go in there and just pick up the guitar and write something write a tune and um i would write out the form like i have like all like these legal pads you know so i'd take a sharpie and a legal pad and i'd write out the form it's like okay that's uh eight bar four bar intro you know a section is like 16 bars whatever and you just kind of write it all down and i'd go and sit on the drums and i would just like 
put the pad of paper on the floor and I'm hit record and just play. And I'm playing the tune in my head, the guitar part or whatever, you know, and I'm just following cool. And then, and then drums are done. I'd lay, you know, bass down or guitar or keyboards or whatever. And, but the thing is, I, so for that type of what I was trying to do for that type of production, it wasn't about like cutting and pasting anything. It was mm-hmm. like literally I was playing every, every part, guitar, bass, keys, whatever it is, drums from start to finish, you know, right, and if right, I messed right. anything up in there, I'd start over again. Right. Um, so they're full performances. And uh, I mean, you can still cut and paste. I mean, it's just like kind of old school style. But um, but, you know, again, like it depends if a band comes in and they're, you know, like, oh, we want to be able to fly this somewhere. Else. OK, well, let's record to a click track. And, right. You know, so it, it just kind of depends on what, what do you want out of the production. So, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. you know, like you said, depending on what you need, because sometimes, you know, a tune should speed up or slow down or, you know, get pushed or pulled or something like that. But if you're flying it somewhere or you're, you know, you need someone else to come in and lay something down over top of it, you can't have it all, <laughs> all over the map. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, dude, I love listening to old like recordings. You, you, you know, you, you said obviously on vinyl, it's very easy, you know, like mm-hmm. you put it at the, at the top of the tune, it's one tempo and you go right to the end and it's just like, oh man, that's like, <laughs> like eight or 10 BPM, you know, BPM faster or whatever, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but it's just cause you know, cats are feeling it's just like, I don't know. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just, it's, it's just a choice, you know? So. Well, if you and I are having a conversation and in the beginning it it starts, you know, normal and then we either get agitated or we get emphatic or something like that, <laughs> we're probably going to talk louder, we're going to talk faster, we're you know, we're going to talk differently than than sitting here just having a conversation about, <clears throat> you know, the weather or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I think it's exactly. the same way with music. Well, I guess it also yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I guess it also depends on how much whiskey you drink in between the start and the finish <laughs> of the conversation, too. But <laughs> That's a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The old whiskey tempo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! No so doubt. what? Uh, I'm not drinking any whiskey right now because it's only it's only 11 a.m. So, um, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, what what are some of the projects that you're working on now? Ooh, okay. Well, um, I guess me as a player, um, you know, artist, and writer, musician, whatever. Um, so I have a new band called the Matador Soul Sounds, mm-hmm. um, and that is. Um, a lot of great players in that band. So it's uh, uh, me and Eddie Roberts from the New Master Sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Spees playing keyboards. Uh, he's with the Honey Island Swamp Band and, and many others. Great cast. Um, Kevin Scott's playing bass. And Kevin is uh, based out of Atlanta and plays with like everybody. He's he's a crazy bass player. I mean, he plays like uh, Wayne Krantz and Jimmy Herring and he did like the whole like Jimmy Herring, um, John McLaughlin, Ma Vishnu thing recently, which was nuts. Oh yeah, I was um, just and then to somebody uh, about that. Anyway, yeah, ahead. sorry. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then uh, Kim Dawson uh, and Adrian De Leon um, singing in the band. I'm singing and playing drums as well. So nice. we yeah we just uh, we just got back from a tour. I uh, just got back a couple of days ago. 
Um, so yeah, we have an album out and a couple of um, new singles. Uh, so that's been a lot, a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's not a like a heavy touring band because obviously all of us have other things going on. But um, uh, but it's a lot of fun when we when we do go out and and uh, we're doing like jam cruise coming up this year and um, awesome. beginning of next year, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's fun. And uh, and then other than that. It's just I'm like in the studio a lot, man. Like uh, mm-hmm. like I said, just making, just recording a lot of people. I just had um, uh, who was just in Kung Fu was just in not too long ago. Um, man, it's kind of hard to keep track of, of everything. But so um, I'm actually pretty coming up and be pretty busy for uh really up until Jam Cruise. Just like uh, doing a lot of recording and mixing nice. for people, so yeah, man, yeah, yeah, have it's you, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Have you purposely tried to dial back some of the some of the touring? Because I mean, you were on the road for for years. Are you feeling more comfortable being home now? Like, do you, do you prefer that more than being on the road? Um. Well, yeah, man. I think almost any musician will tell you they probably prefer being at home more than being on the road for the most part. I mean, I love being on the road. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, I think, I don't know if it was, um, kind of like a calculated thing or it's just, it's just how life has been going that I have been able to be home more. Um, I mean, obviously like, uh, Neil, you know, getting the gig playing with Jack white. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely, that helped, you know, me being home a lot more, you know, which is cool. You know I mean? I'm, we're obviously all like psyched for Neil, you know I mean? That's a great, crazy gig, you know? Right, right, right. Um, but you know, but to, but to be honest, I mean, even before that, like soul live had kind of hadn't been touring as heavy as we used to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of it is kind of like a conscious, you know, decision to, um, pull back a bit i mean maybe part of it is just we didn't have to you know i mean we weren't like you know 20 you know six any longer that you right. know and had the road dog it just you know so people knew who we were um you know so i mean i guess we're lucky enough that we didn't, we don't have to do that mm-hmm. um and and it's kind of nice to be able to pick and choose when i when i go out on the road and um but yeah, it's definitely it's without a doubt. It's definitely nice being able to sleep in your own bed the majority of the year. <laughs> I was gonna say that that without is a, a good doubt. a good position to be in to say I want to go on the road. I can go on the road. If I don't want to go, I don't have to go. You know, to to get yeah, yeah. But you know, I think it's important. It's important to have a, a balance though. Like I I don't as as nice as it sounds. Like oh, I could be in the studio and be at home all the time. I, I don't think that's, to be honest, I just, for me, I don't think that's healthy. Um, one, just, you know, when you're on the road, um, play, playing in the studio, I don't do that much of, because again, I'm recording people a lot more than I'm actually recording myself these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm not playing as much. And then when you're playing on the road is totally different than playing in the studio or even like having just like a regular like kind of gig in town or whatever, right. you know, like being on the road is just, man, like it's, there's just, 
I don't know, you're just influenced by so much around you, just life and, you know, just the, the challenges, you know, because there's always challenges when you're on the road, you know, yeah. always, no matter how, <laughs> I don't care how cush the gig is, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I just, you know, and you bring all that to, to the, to the show, you know, and so you have things to talk about, you know, like on stage, you know, like through your music and, um, and so, so that, that's one side of it. And then again, like, people know me as how should i say this i mean i definitely get a lot of studio work because i'm out on the road you know like i meet a lot of uh, different bands and musicians and we talk and it's like oh cool yeah like come to the, come out to the studio and blah 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 so on a, from a strictly i guess business level it's mm -hmm. good. It's good for me to do, you know what I mean? Like just being out in public and rather than just like sitting away, you know, like, you know, getting yourself a nice studio tan, you know, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, um, so, but again, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, for me, it's just like, it's a nice balance, man. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be a full time, just musician on the road all the time. And I couldn't be a full time like engineer in the studio. Like all the right. time, I, I need both in you go life. Crazy. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah. how can people yeah. connect I mean, with you? you man. Get... Go ahead, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh man, well, well, I was just gonna say, man, it's just you know, it's just you get so much inspiration, you know, hearing other music, being around other people on the road, and you bring that to the studio, and then you things you learn in the studio, like you can, you know, things that inspire you in the studio, you bring out, and then you have stuff to talk about on the road. So yep. it's just a constant back and forth. So yeah. 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 I don't know how, um, like, yeah. I, Sorry. I, I was going to say, I just get stir crazy, man. Like I got to, I got to, move you know so after a while it's like i gotta go on the road or i gotta i gotta at least travel i gotta go see some new things i gotta i gotta get out I, i'm not i'm not much of a not that i'm not a homebody but i you know you need that inspiration and you need that you need that variety i think for me anyway yeah without a doubt yeah exactly yeah 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 uh, so I was, yeah, I was going to ask you where, if, if people want to sort of connect with you and follow along with you, where can they do that? Oh man. Uh, well, I guess let's see, uh, what's the easiest. Um, usually, um, I mean through my website, ironwax.com, that's a good place to start. And then obviously I think I'm probably most active on Instagram. So that's just, uh, you know, play on brother. Or, you know, you search Alan Evans or Plan Brother. You're going to find me on Instagram. Um, and those are probably like the two the two best spots to keep up with me. You know, my travels, things like that, you know. Cool. I'll uh, I'll make sure that I, I link up to everything uh, in the show notes too. So I'll, I'll make sure that your site's on there and I'll link to some music and, and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, so you'll be good to go there. Um, man, thank and you. Of course, man, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Like I said, I've been I've been wanting to have you on for a really long time, and you've definitely influenced my playing over the year, and and have inspired me over the years. So to actually sit down and chat with you, man, has has been a pleasure. Oh, Nick, man, thanks so much. Man. I really really appreciate you taking the time out to you know talk, man. It was, it was great, man. So and uh, hopefully, man, we can uh, link up at some point in outside of the zeros. And ones you know that would uh, be, be actually kick it in real life again yeah for cool sure. man 
All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, man. I know it's raining there, but uh, but you know, going to the studio makes something cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the plan. Cool, man. Well, enjoy the rest cool, of your man. day. Thanks again. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good, Nick. All right, brother. All right, man. That was Alan Evans. I hope you dug it. I hope that you got something out of it. It's such an important message to me that you need to be your own person. You need to focus on your strengths. Don't worry about your weaknesses. And when I say don't worry about your weaknesses, I don't mean don't strive to get better, but I mean if you feel like you're a groove person, then don't worry about playing all these crazy chops. If you play if you're doing all this, you know, crazy chop stuff, you know, maybe you're maybe that's your wheelhouse and that's what you are known for and that's what you get hired for. I think trying to be everything to everyone is a recipe for failure. So it's a it's a hard thing and and I'd love to hear your feedback on your journey of becoming yourself and how if you've decided to go that way how how you're uh, you're making it on that path. So let me know your feedback, you know, you can email me or hit me up on social or any of that kind of stuff. And I hope that you really did get some valuable information out of this cuz I know that I definitely did for sure. So On that note, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next podcast, keep drumming, and I will be talking to you soon. Peace.